0: From the Black Box Theater in Moline, Illinois, the Ringo of the Quad Cities, it's All You Care to Eat, a comedy thingy podcast with your four thingies, Dave Bondi, Rick Davis, Jeff DeLeon, and Clay Sander, along with their gaggle of special guests, Jessica Nicole White, Mike Ward, and me, your rhetorical oracle, Mark Allen. Sit back, relax, and strap it down with the always affable but never assable host of All You Care to Eat, from Chicago, Illinois, Mr. Patrick Brennan.
1: watch Mark Allen. It's so good to be back here at the lovely Black Box Theater in Moline, home of the Whopper. Now, first of all, we want to make a couple of announcements for those of you who are here. All right? There's a new voice on the airwaves tonight, one that you folks of home haven't heard on the podcast. Standing in for our Captain Continuity, Tom Makey, is our very own narrating Satan, Mark W. Allen. Let's hear it. (laughs) And sitting in on the keys for Mike Bros is the mic from another mother, Mr. Mike Ward.
2: Hey!
1: So, gang, we're pleased as punch to bring you more of that rib ticklin', bone-spurring, elbow-rubbing, panty-dropping, rash scratchin' comedy that is too poop-to-pop. We, of course, are oh, talking Patrick. about... Patrick! Well, looky-looky over here. It's Comedy Thingy's own man of a thousand things, Pretty Ricky Davis! Hey! Thank you, thank you. what can I do for you? What can I do for you, Well,
3: as you know, many of us up here on stage tonight are seasoned improvisers. Mm -hmm. We've done a lot of shows, but we've never actually done any improv for All You Care to Eat. Well, I'll be
1: jiggered. That is right. It's all scripted, isn't
3: it? Well, tonight we're going to change that up. I'd like to call Jeff, Jessica, and Clay up here, and we're going to play a game called Guess the Name of the Thing. It's uh, where we get a suggestion from the audience, one of us leaves the room, and then... uh, Okay, so you mean
1: someone leaves the room first.
3: Right, 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 right. So so we send one of the players out of the room, then we get a suggestion from the audience, then we bring the player back in, and... Wait a minute.
1: (laughs) Rick, I think the game is played where you you get a location from the audience.
3: Right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. And we get a suggestion of a person, then a location. So we get a location... Then send the player out of the room. And send, get...
1: the, send the player out first, right? Shit,
3: yes. Okay, uh, we send the player out. We get a person, send the player back in, get a location, then fuck me. I can't explain this. Jeff?
4: Jeff, can you help us out, yeah, please? I've run this game before. Okay, so in uh, guess name of the thing, we're gonna send an audience member out of the room, get a suggestion from the players, then add the location. No, that's not right. That's no. We get the suggestion. We send a player out of the room.
5: Two players. He said said two players out. You get a suggestion of a famous person, a location, and an activity by use of gibberish. The other two players on stage try to get the other two players to guess the clues. Uh. So the people
1: listening at home are going to hear two people on stage speaking gibberish for four minutes?
0: Maybe we should just do the first sketch. (laughs) And now a word from the offices of Ivan Reinhardt. Are you tired of the IRS
5: hounding you for back taxes? Sick of Uncle Sam harassing you? No? Well, I am. I'm Ivan Reinhardt. I have over 15 years' experience with the IRS in evading their taxes. If you're a lawyer with the ability to cover up massive fraud and loose morals necessary to sweep the incriminating financial records under the rug, then we should talk. Call me at 800-5-KLEPTO today, and we'll discuss how you can help me get out of doing jail time. And remember, if you don't win my case, I don't have to pay.
0: That's a Reinhardt guarantee call the law-breaking office of Ivan Reinhardt today for a free consultation and remember if you call in the next 24 hours the coffee is on me Ivan Reinhardt is not a licensed person nor is he in any way close
1: to a professional consult your doctor
0: and now we take you into the offices of Mayor Bill Barbich holding a strategy meeting with his faithful staff
4: uh, Mr. Mayo, we have a crisis.
6: The Weather Service is saying we might be in for another heavy rain. The Corps of Engineers is saying we could see continued flooding.
4: Can you release a statement requiring residents near the river to begin
7: preparation? Uh, listen, this is something that <coughs> we need to address. <coughs> Unfortunately, I'm unable to do anything at this time. Well, what on earth do you mean? I'm just too fat to govern.
2: He started his first term at 300 pounds. Then he started to eat everything in town. Now he's tipping the scales and he can't get around. Some people call him stubborn. But truth be told, he's just too fat to govern. Too Fat to Govern is filmed before a live studio
0: audience.
3: Mayor Barbage! Mayor! Mayor! Uh, Mayor! Mr. Mayor! Mr. Mayor, uh,
0: Mayor.
3: Mayor. Mr. Mayor please! Mm-hmm. Reports hint that you may not pass the ordinance allowing smoking on the riverfront. Will you sign it if the council passes it?
7: would uh, uh, like to sign it. But as you can see, my hands are fatter than a catcher's mitt. And I wear myself out trying to work the fountain pen.
6: Sir, do you see a chance of a compromise on the city budget?
7: I have a pork sandwich in my mouth. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm too fat.
6: Mr. Mayor, the police chief has repeatedly asked you for a meeting to discuss crime statistics. Will you meet with him?
7: Perhaps you haven't been privy to the most recent information on the subject, so allow me to fill you in. I'm too fucking fat.
6: So that's a no. I'm just
7: too fat to govern, ma'am.
3: You made many promises prior to your election to a third term. You vowed to lose at least 100 pounds, but instead you gained 50. How can the citizens trust that so you'll keep your word on any of your promises? Oh, fine point.
7: <clears throat> when I started my first term, I didn't realize just how much food there'd be. I mean, breakfast meetings, lunch meetings, brunch meetings, dinner events, and a Krispy Kreme right across the street. Now, you might be slender, and kudos to you, but I'm not made to stone. Have you ever to a Krispy Kreme?
3: No, I haven't.
7: Then shut up.
3: What about road construction? Too fat.
7: School
6: reform? Too fat.
3: Sanitation budget?
7: I'm a blimp. Property
6: taxes? I
7: wipe my ass with a t-shirt.
6: Bridge repair?
7: I eat notebook paper.
6: Food and beverage tax? Fuck
7: you. Business incentives? <laughs> Excessively obese.
6: Lowering crime? What part
7: of too fucking fat don't you get? But sir, I just... Look, during my re-election campaign, I pledged to renew our commitment to the clean up the crime and to start the city beautification project, <laughs> balance the budget within a year, and keep our schools safe. I pledged all of those things! But the simple fact remains, I'm just too fat
4: to govern. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. We need to end this press conference if we have an emergency requiring the mayor. Don't make me get off this beanbag. Oh, no, sir. We're planning to airlift you out. What's the trouble? Uh, There apparently is a boy touring a cheese factory, and he's fallen into a large block of cheddar, and he is trapped.
7: (gasps) What do you need from me?
4: Uh, Mr. Mayor, we need
5: you to eat your way to that boy. Fine. We'll head over right after lunch. (laughs)
2: started his first term at 300 pounds then he started to eat everything in town now he's tipping the scales and he can't get around some people call him stubborn truth be told he's just too fat to govern
1: tune in next time when the mayor has to bend over to tie his shoes and winds up dead (laughs) spoilers Anyway, gang, that's too fat to govern, and now we want to give a big old laurel and hearty handshake to our man in the booth, our producer with the juicer, our fixer at the mixer, our very own Gunnar Maelstrom. Gunnar! Thank you, sir. Tonight's podcast is, again, sponsored by the good folks at Hook's Pub and Drink Slingers in Clinton, Iowa. Check out the live music and booze that'll have you barfing in the alley. Tell the owner, James, that comedy thing he sent you. Or better yet, tell a server and be greeted with indifference.
3: Man, I really don't want to go to this thing tonight.
6: I know, but it's the last time we'll see Gary and Susan for a long time. No, it's not that. It's just, I always have that
3: guy that always works at Menards. Oh,
6: yeah, Bryce. Yeah, well,
3: I... He talked my ear off at the last two parties and I can never get away from
6: him. know, I know, I know. I can't stand him either, but I don't think he's going to be there tonight.
3: Really? If I have to hear one more story about paint mixing, I'm going to kill myself.
6: Well, I mean, either way, we're early, so we won't need to stay long, okay? Okay. Hey,
3: guys.
6: Oh, hey. hey. Come on in. We brought you that Chardonnay that you oh, liked. Oh,
4: you know I love this
3: one. Hey, Susan, Gil and Patty are here.
4: She's upstairs. She's still getting ready.
3: Yeah, sorry we're early. Probably the first one's here, huh?
4: No, you're, you're not. Um, have a seat. Um, you guys remember Bryce, don't you? Oh,
3: shit.
2: Hi, guys. Um Gil and Patty, right? Right. Yeah.
4: Well, I, hey, I got to check on the roast, so you guys sit and chat, and Susan should be down in just a few minutes. Uh, can I get anyone a drink first?
2: Uh, that's okay. In a
6: minute. I'll get something in a minute. No problem. Bryce, you good? Uh, yes.
2: And can I say the five-inch-wide Blue Ridge wire-brushed coastal gray oak hardwoods you put in go perfectly with a Hampton Bay sink base cabinet?
4: Thanks. Yeah, we like it. Um, I'll be right back. <laughs>
2: Well, I guess that answers
3: my question on if you're still working at Menards. (laughs) Yes,
2: indeed. Are you still both teaching?
6: Yep, Uh, over at Glen Pines Elementary still.
2: Marvelous and splendid. In fact, there
3: was this funny story that
2: happened this week where
3: one of the students had pasted a picture. (laughs) Excuse me, Gary, Gary, could you come out here?
6: Uh,
4: Yeah, what's up?
2: I don't want to alarm you, but were you aware that the Howell Moldings easel back picture frame is placed directly above the Langley Candle Home Apothecary <laughs> Mini Jar Holder?
4: Is that a problem? Is that a problem?
2: <laughs> yes, I'd say so. The Langley Candle Mini Jar Holder releases heat at a concentrated level, which will melt the corner of the molding on the easel back frame if left unattended for five hours.
4: Oh, I see. Well, I, I guess I'll just move it.
2: <laughs> you guess. I'll move it. Magnificent.
4: Gil, Patty, do you want that drink? Yes. Yes. I'll be right back with the wine. So, uh...
2: Gil, you were telling a story about something humorous at the elementary school. I was?
6: Yeah, you were. About the paste. Robbie Duncan? Oh, right,
3: right, right. Uh, The paste. So, anyway, this kid Robbie Duncan, well, he
2: has this habit of using paste and... Gary!
4: Uh, Jesus. uh, Yes, yes, what is
2: it? Sorry, Gil. I dearly want to hear more of this... Pasting story, but I cannot believe Gary and Susan went with the Gramercy Fleece 20x20 NARS Decorative Pattern Throw Pillows on sale for $59 for a set of two. Remarkable choice. Yeah, we really like those. Thanks. Uh, Here's your wine, Gil. Thank you.
4: And Patty, this is the Cabernet from our trip to Maine. Oh, that's great. Thanks. Oh,
2: has Bryce shown you the trick yet? Oh, please, no. (laughs) They don't want to see that.
7: Oh,
4: sure they do. Susan's already seen it already, so you should just go ahead. Are you sure? Yeah, sure.
2: Well, all right, if you insist. All right, get a load of this, guys. Bryce will go around
4: the living room with his eyes closed, and he can tell the brand and style of each piece of furniture, wood, table, and lamp in this room.
6: Oh, that's quite... Won't he hit something if he can't see?
2: I employ my sense of smell and hearing. Hearing? Mm, yes. Can I have complete silence, please? To my immediate right, the aforementioned Gramercy throw pillows. To my left, the aforementioned Langley candle and easel back frame. Now, Simmons Compton dark cherry coffee table, Patriot lighting, Ronan 60 inch floor lamp, light gray seven by 10 Sydney area rug, metal hammered flower vase, four-pack of slipstick coaster cup gripper floor protectors and your bookshelf. Mahogany, teak, mahogany, 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 and... Who did your shelves? Uh, let's see. Was it, it, was it Carson Buttram? Yeah, I think so. Did you tell him I was coming over? No, why? <laughs> he and I have this running joke where if he knows I'm coming in for a consultation, he'll sneak in a one-inch French dovetail joint instead of a traditional full-blind joint, especially if it's near a brass staple hast. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Yeah, it's yeah, really great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all in a day's work at Bernard's.
6: Yeah, I bet. And, well, you can save big money, am I right? <laughs> uh, yes,
2: yes, the television advertisements.
6: <laughs> Do they still have that creepy old white guy doing those ads? Oh, shit. Raymond Jackson
2: Mundo was a god. Take that remark back or I swear you'll be picking up your teeth. Whoa, back off. He held that spokesman position for two decades, you ingrate. He served in the Navy during World War II. He trained in the American Institute of the Air and took writing courses from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, for Christ's sake.
6: Okay, Jesus, I'm sorry, I... T- he
2: worked for radio and TV stations as a staff announcer from 1951 to 1958, you half-wit simpleton. From... <laughs> From 1959 to 1978, he operated the Trans-American School of Broadcasting in Wausau, Wisconsin. Price, we, we get the point. We... His career with Menards began in 1976, where he was a fixture of the ads until the re- his retirement in 1998. He did, however, make occasional ads with a company starting in 1999. His beloved wife, Maxine, died in 1991, and he okay, has survived
1: by... Okay, that's enough. Ladies and gentlemen, if I could just uh, point out for a second in this sketch... That uh, the facts of Ray's Amanda are actually supplied by Wikipedia and then verified by Encyclopedia Britannica, which is still a thing. So now, back to the sketch, one hour later.
6: So, is Susan ever coming downstairs?
4: Oh, no, she's dead.
6: Oh, oh my god. What, when, why?
4: Well, we only have one female in this cast. The-
0: Tonight's podcast is sponsored in part by Shared IT. Go to thesharedit.com for tech consulting and tell them Comedy Thingy sent you. Or don't. They don't care. Also, make sure to stop by comedythingy.com for all things that these dipshits do, including this thing you're listening to. That's comedythingy.com. We now take you once again to the offices of Ivan Reinhardt.
5: Have you been injured at work? Need assistance with a workman's compensation claim? Then stop calling lawyers and get to a doctor. I haven't been able to book a decent attorney for six weeks because of the backlog of personal injury claims. If you're a lawyer who's got some time on his hands, call me at 800-5-KLEPTO and i will tell you how you can help me get out of crippling debt. And remember, if you don't win my case... I don't have to pay. That's a Reinhardt
0: guarantee. Call the law-breaking office of Ivan Reinhardt today for a free consultation. And now, it's time for old times as we open the Comedy Thingy Vault.
1: Creak! That's an old door. That's right, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the Comedy Thingy Vault. Ladies and gentlemen, we go back through the mists of time into Comedy Thingy's pasts when we open the old vault. But however, this item is not so far in the past. In fact, it's from November of 2016, when Donald Trump was voted in the 45th president of these here United States. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we look back on the day as CTNN, Comedy Thingy News Network, was the first to declare Trump the winner. Let's listen to Henderson Cropper, lead anchorman at CTNN.
5: Uh, big news here. The spokesman for the administration was able to give a definitive answer to the question, but we are, we are declaring Donald Trump as the winner. So now we turn to our panel of experts to discuss this story. Joining us are Bill Brumley, chief editor of Newsnight.com. Hello. Gary Shannon, former campaign advisor to President Obama. Good evening. evening. Denise Packer, writer for The Mirror Daily. Hi. Gil Bryant, ex-strategist for George W. Bush and author of his self-titled memoir, Gil. Happy to be here. Edgar May, political consultant and general consulting, joining us via Skype. Hello. Guy Holden, writing for his blog, New York Politics Today, also joining us via telephone. My pleasure. Vivian Smith, blog contributor to our sister station in New Jersey, WDRDW. Good to see you. Connie Burgess, poet and writer of the upcoming novel, The Cartoonist Rage. Hello. Don Quigley, author of Capital Letters, a book about political talking points. Mm-hmm. Joining via telephone from Nashville, Barbara Freeman, singer and songwriter of the TV show The Mayor of Country Western, coming this fall to CMT Network. Good to see you. Carla Saldana, a political blogger who fancies himself a bit of a political scientist. Hello. Mae a scientist who considers herself a political blogger. Mm-hmm. Joining us via videophone, Randy Brumley, the twin brother of our first panelist, Bill Brumley. Father. P.F. Whitehouse, a man who shares a name with the president's D.C. residents. Salud. Amy Holling, a woman who owns a Taco John's that has a TV in the corner showing C-SPAN for most of the hours of the day. Here. Tom, Lincoln, Washington, Adams, Kennedy joining us due to his remarkably presidential hyphenated surname. What? Grady Shades, former disc jockey from KRAKM, which spells the word crackham, of which the administration spokesperson has done with many beer cans. What's up, bitches? Larry Hill, ex-campaign campaign manager for someone in Arkansas. Buenas noches. Joining us from his home in Cleveland is Ethan Bolte, who likes to argue with people at bus stops. Nice ass. And his girlfriend, Jan Oldemeyer, a woman who feigns death when losing political debate. Aye! Nancy Dooley, former head of the Ladies' Book Club of Jefferson, Iowa, the thing that got through reading all president's men and thinks they're experts on political things.
3: I'm wearing glasses.
5: Manny Isaacson, a Jewish man who we assume is a legal expert. Stop. Convicted felon, former finance director and state senator Robert Washington, joining us via payphone from a cell in Statesville Prison. Yep. Kelly Quigley, the wife of another panelist, Dan Quigley, who needs to ask him what he wants for dinner this evening. Good evening. Chad Woodley, a mysterious butler that went to junior high with the president's chief advisor. Hi! William Mees, former cigar store owner that sold a couple of humidors to a person resembling the president. I'm here. Joining us via phone is Jill Bakersfield, the former head chef at Cafe Pizazz, where she made a mushroom soup that a lot of congressmen seem to like. It's creamy. Scott Yates, ex-campaign chairman who wrote a book about ghost elves working at the Supreme Court, claiming it was a work of non-fiction, joining us from Parsons Psychiatric Facility in Northfolk, Virginia. <laughs> Amy Dodge, Washington Insider. Doodles. Val Jumpchin, a woman that makes cider from Washington apples. Hello. Craig Nutmeg Allspice, a man whose name is an ingredient in Val's cider recipe. Cinnamon Hicks, whose name sounds like cinnamon sticks, which is another crucial ingredient in Val's cider recipe. Uh. Dolden Galicious.
3: How about them apples? <laughs>
5: And James Caldwell, author of a cookbook that includes Val Jumpson's cider recipe, and a part-time philosopher. What's cooking? Thank you. Now I'll put this question to the entire panel. What is this all about? Go. Oh, when you if stop and break everything down, if we all
3: decided that country, there was, we, we know know what to do. Whenever they saw.
0: And now, once again, a word from the offices of Ivan Reinhardt.
5: Have you recently lost valuable items in a fire, flood, or other act of nature? Chances are, it wasn't an act of God. It was an act of Todd. Hi, I'm Ivan Reinhardt, and this is my nephew Todd Reinhardt. How about this weather we're having, our dad? Call today if you're an attorney well-versed in the crimes of theft, Austin, of fraud. Also, Ponzi schemes. That's fraud, Todd. Hey, that rhymes.
4: Did you go to the doctor about that thing? Yeah, an hour I was waiting for this fucking doctor. I do need to go. I'm not paying for it. I'm just sitting there like a fucking chode. I'm not sitting here. I bad. swear Dad. to God. I swear to God. Dad, I'm not...
0: Gonna no, call the law-breaking offices of Reinhardt & Reinhardt today for a free consultation. We want you to defend us so their stuff stays in our garage. Yeah. Reinhardt & Reinhardt are not licensed people. Now back to Patrick Brennan.
1: Just one more thing before we decide to hang it up for this episode. Flourish!
0: (laughs) Welcome to another installment of Education Now. Today we hear from elementary school science teacher Vic Cohen. Mr. Cohen's effective teaching techniques have been highlighted in recent education journals, news features, and magazines. The results have been staggering. Since Mr. Cohen took over the science teaching duties at Goodman Elementary in Brooklyn, the students have seen an average uptick of almost two full letter grades. What is his secret? I
5: want kids to be excited about science. Too often they see science as a chore. I want them to come into class excited about science and excited
0: about learning about science. Goodman has one of the largest elementary student populations in the entire country. To get thousands of children enthused about a typically difficult subject can be daunting. Science is exciting.
5: If a student says it's not exciting, they're not looking hard enough. I want kids to get excited about science. Science to many kids isn't an exciting subject. It's boring for them, most so of they think. I say forget that. I don't want to hear it. Science is exciting not
0: boring when asked to share a specific technique cohen offers this
5: kids get excited when they come in dragon the took us looking down sauntering that's when you roll down a big banner that says welcome to the exciting world
0: of science and guess what
5: kids get
0: excited Cohen's success has impressed many experts. However, there are others that are critical of his methods. Toby Baker of the Fuddy Dud Foundation.
4: Okay, this is not, science isn't about running around uh, playing grab ass with the girls, okay? It's about <laughs> genomes, okay? Chemical compounds, gases, okay? Solids, liquids, and baking soda volcanoes, okay? Mr. Cohen is uh, teaching an entire generation of children that, that science is all fun and games, okay? I, I ask, where is the science, Mr. Cohen?
0: The 25-year teaching veteran responded to Mr. Baker. (laughs) Toby, listen. Science doesn't have to be about facts, figures, chemicals, equations. Those are important, yes, but I mean, it means nothing if the students don't get excited. 12-year-old student Carson Davis was struggling in science when he approached Mr. Cohen between classes.
3: I wasn't doing real good in science class, so I asked Mr. Cohen for some help. I didn't know why I couldn't get it.
5: Carson says to me, Mr. Cohen, just like this, I'm having trouble understanding what you're teaching. I says to him, just, just like this, I says, Carson, what if you got as excited about science as you do about Fortnite? He looks up at me, it was it was like a lightning bolt hit him. It's not a job. It's so rewarding
0: and exciting. Exciting is the word I'm looking for here. Goodman Go Elementary ahead. Principal Jess White-Nickel had this to say about her recently tenured teacher.
6: You know... It was interesting. For years, Mr. Cohen's students would get average grades, Ds and Cs, some exceptions, of course, but about a year before he was up for tenure, I noticed a significant improvement in the students' grades. In fact, in five of his seven classes, he had 99% of his students pass with an A-plus average he really turned it up a notch.
5: Grades are not a measure of student work. Grades are a measure of excitement. When was the last valedictorian you met that was bored at school, huh? You see, it's not about book smarts. It's about getting excited.
0: And when does he expect to retire? I receive full pension another year, uh, so I'd say another 13 months.
6: The kids love him. Sure, most students don't retain anything, and they can't apply critical thinking skills. And yes, many of them think the periodic table chart is a wheel of fortune for dipshits. But there's more to life than learning.
5: I like getting excited. I like seeing kids get excited about science and getting excited. Look around you. Science is happening all the time. I keep telling these kids, science is happening, and it's exciting. Take note, people.
0: So ends another episode of education now.
1: You guys make my job so easy. Ladies and gentlemen, this wraps up our episode. So ladies and gentlemen, would you please take a look at this beautiful person here? Her name is Jessica Nickel White. See that beautiful person who is sitting a little bit away from us? That's Mark Allen. That fella next to him, sorry ladies, he's married. It's Mike Ward. Yeah. See that guy in the dark over there? That's because of his skin condition, Gunnar Maelstrom. Yeah. We want to thank everybody at the Black Box Theater, and you guys have been absolutely tremendous, so join us here next time for another episode of All, All You, you care, care
2: to Eat.